BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. March 28th, as we march forward towards NXT Stand and Deliver, it's Wrestling Inc., Tonight, the two-man booth, me, Mr. Alfred Kanawa, to talk about NXT 2.0 on the road to stand and deliver WrestleMania weekend. It's WrestleMania week. Alfred, can you feel it? Can you feel it in the air? I, I could feel it in the air. I could feel it all around me. I could feel it in my bones because it is in Inglewood, California, literally in my backyard. So it's almost like I could even hear it going on. So it feels very exciting to be part of WrestleMania and all these events going on. I don't know how I'm going to cover or go to all these shows and stuff like that, but I love that it's happening in my backyard and I don't have to worry about travel or anything. I can just get up and go. It'll be fun. I'll be out seeing Tino Brothers tomorrow. That should be fun. They're doing a show with GCW Collective. It'll be an hmm. excellent show. Come say hi at 11 a.m. The one thing that's misleading about the L.A. area is just how spread out everything is. Yes. It's nothing like the East Coast or a lot of these places WWE tends to play where there's a lot of per capita. It's like L.A. It's funny because they're calling it WrestleMania Hollywood. And we joked about this and I've talked about this ad nauseum on my channel at YouTube Pro Wrestling Bits that it's actually in Inglewood. It's in oh, Inglewood, yeah. California, you know, my backyard, a mile away from me. Uh, but they're calling it WrestleMania Hollywood. They're going to do a lot of events in L.A. There's going to be all kinds of stuff. And these are all I'm talking 20 miles apart. And with oh, L.A. Yeah. traffic, that's like an hour and a half drive. Even downtown Los Angeles, like if you're going out to the Staples Center for Stand and Deliver um, or Raw and you're like, oh, I'm going to be out there. I'm going to go. Maybe I'll go to Universal Studio. Like that's an hour away. Universal Studios, oh, Hollywood yeah. proper. Like it's more it than an hour because that's Burbank, California. And that's I do drive the Burbank every week to host a, a show every week. And uh, hmm. it's a very long drive in terms of from L.A. to Bur I'm not even talking about from Inglewood to Burbank. From L.A. to Burbank, it's a very long drive including traffic. So people need to realize, let me just, a quick programming note for all of the fans of the Wrestling Inc. podcast. If and when you are in town for Wrestling Inc. or for WrestleMania, make sure you plan accordingly and plan everything early. Anything you need to do, try to show up 30 minutes early, leave about 30 minutes earlier than you would have, and you'll be there on time because LA traffic is no joke. Get the Waze app, try and take surface streets. Yeah. Wherever possible, you'll save some time. But no, uh, absolutely, man. So, it's very, very exciting. Um, NXT tonight was very exciting. And there's no access to Mania this year, is there? No, they've quietly gotten rid of access. And also the Hall of Fame ceremony, in terms of it used to be its own event where you would pay to go see it. They're doing that after SmackDown, as they did last year. So a couple of staples, I think, are quietly going away, whether it's access and the WrestleMania events. I know access went away with COVID, and I don't know yeah. how much of a moneymaker it was, but they have not done it post-COVID. Yeah, I think they're just doing signings at the WrestleMania store is what it's yeah. sort of shifted to, which is, it, I mean, crazy in a way. Because Access, the hot signings were always very long lines. So you imagine doing that at the WrestleMania store 
and right. uh, you're going to be standing in line for a while. Yeah, so they, it, it'll be interesting to see how they handle all that, but it doesn't seem like they need something like that because of all the money that they're making. That's I don't true. think they really need to have the headache of having to have their stars not available to do other things. So maybe they just figured it wasn't worth it. I don't know, man. I mean, access, honestly, access was probably my favorite part. WrestleMania weekend, the Q and A's, the NXT tapings, like the tapings were fire. I had a lot of fun at access events. Some of my favorite WrestleMania memories were at access and seeing some of these matches. And a lot of these NXT stars who eventually went on to be big deals. I would see them at access, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it's like, wait, I saw that guy before anybody even knew who he was. Oh yeah. And let me tell you, if you want to meet a completely disinterested Tino Sabatelli with a very short line, WrestleMania Access was the place to make that happen, to make your dreams come true. It was like Virgil when he was at that booth with the wrestling superstar and nobody was there. Is that what it's like? Oh, man. Just like never, never have I met a professional wrestler that was less interested in being at a fan meet and greet than Tino Sabatelli. Well, now he is uh, participating in Mandy Rose's fan time. So I I hear they're both doing very well on there. Slightly more engaged. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Slightly more. Slightly more. Um, I didn't know that was him. That's interesting. No, you didn't. Well, they didn't show his face, so I. Anyhow, uh, what do we have in the news before we hop into NXT 2.0? Well, we do have a lot in the news, but a quick programming note before we get these festivities started. Right now on my YouTube channel, at Pro Wrestling Bits, I'm covering every single WrestleMania leading up to WrestleMania 39. Wow. The streets tell me this has grown my channel. Many of them have gone viral. I'm very excited about it. Thank you to all those who are watching. We are on awesome. WrestleMania 35, Glenn, in Kofi Mania, which was a very special oh, yeah. moment. And I also debuted our newest character here on Pro Wrestling Bits, Jerry the Racist Fruit Fly, which... Uh, I don't know who needs to hear this, but any resemblance between Jerry the racist fruit fly and actual racist within the wrestling community are completely coincidental. So I don't know who needs to hear this, but that is there as a programming note. And Glenn, speaking of people who have said the N-word on camera, Vince McMahon is facilitating a WWE sale. I don't know if you guys have heard the news, but potentially these sale talks are going very well. It looks like there are a lot of interested buyers. And according to CNBC's Squawk on the Street, they provided an update saying some buyers might even need Stephanie McMahon involved as part of the sale to uh, bring in positives to the company. And there are several buyers who are indicated Endeavor was on this list of buyers who could potentially uh, bid for WWE, but it looks like there are multiple buyers and things are going to heat up now that they're in LA in terms of a WWE sale. So Endeavor had previously said that they're not interested in WWE. Comcast said the same thing and they are not listed as one of the potential buyers, Mm. although I think they are as well. But WWE looks like, it looks like they're inching closer to a sale of the company. Glenn, are you excited about that? I mean, is uh, Waystar Royco getting a bid in? I (laughs) I hope so. Yeah. Uh, and do you think Vince shows up to the negotiation meetings wearing the do-rag? I think he, I don't know how that would look with the mustache, but a do-rag and a mustache, he might be able to pull that off. It's a menacing look. <laughs> it's a menacing look. Uh, no, I think this is going to be interesting to see what happens uh, with WWE. I mean, the stock has been going up based a little bit. Not not hitting its highs, but it's been going up a little bit based on how well these negotiations are supposedly going. I think after Mania, I think we're going to have an announcement. I'm I'm going to wow. guess, and this is pure speculation, I know nothing. I make terrible financial decisions all the time, especially when it comes to investments. But uh, I'm going to say that by the uh, end of April, I think by 30 days from today, I think a, we will know who is buying WWE. 
March 28th, 30 days. Yeah. So by the end of April. Okay. I, I like that. I like that prediction. I do think that around the end of WrestleMania, post WrestleMania, I think we could see something like that happening, maybe even in the summer. But I think it's interesting that we're now seeing Endeavor back in the discussion. Here's what I think happened with both Endeavor and Comcast saying that they don't want to buy WB, which I never believed for a second. I think the idea is they both are interested in buying WB. But if you have too many people coming out in public and saying, we oh, want to yeah. buy this company, it's going to jack up the price. The stock price will go up. So naturally, the price of what you would pay to buy the company would go up if the market thought that these big heavy hitters were interested in buying it. So if I'm somebody buying WB, hell no, I do not say that I'm interested. Wait, I go wait. out in public and say no, so I can drive the price down so I can get a discount. So do you think uh, Ari Emanuel is pulling like a uh, Cliff Huxtable and putting on like some ratty clothes and going in and be like, seems to me like there's a lot wrong with this company. <laughs> yes, you know, absolutely. I'm a man of simple means <laughs> and uh, you know, I might take this off your hands, you know, no, not for anywhere near what you're asking, but I'm doing you a favor. I'd buy it for a couple of food stamps. But other than that, I don't think I'm in the market for this, you know, something. Um, so what if Raw after Mania ended the show, Shane McMahon comes out with Dana White to announce that uh, Endeavor and UFC have bought WWE? I'd love it. I'm here for it. I would. It's Shane O'Mac needs to be involved. And Raw yeah. Underground is going to be all of our three. Why can't Shane just buy NXT, though, and show up and they do the simulcast there to where Shane is on NXT now? I think that would really be a jump for that company. Yeah. Man, there's there's got to be – that's the bigger question. Can WWE resist doing something on screen storyline related with this sale? I would think the new buyer, if it's not like uh, Endeavor and Dana has a bit of a hand in in the, the process, I, th I think that Disney – I think the NBC Universal, I think all of them would want nothing to do with an on-screen presence. Fox doesn't even put the football robot in the draft anymore, you know, <laughs> overseeing it. Like, I think that uh, unless it's a larger life personality, I think they're going to want no on-screen mention of them. I agree because and even if it is a larger than life personality, because a larger than life personality was literally the president of this country for four years and he's a WWE Hall of Famer and they did not say his name once. So WWE would not want to do anything that caused any type of movement with their stock price. And when it did, like when they had the angle where Donald Trump bought WWE Raw, the stock price actually went down. It plummeted because people actually thought it was real. And WWE had to come out and say, no, 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 no. It was just a storyline. So I think they learned their lesson. I do not think that the sale of WWE will be uh, figured into any type of storyline uh, other than like a passing mention. Even in like maybe on NXT, they will do a passing mention of the fact that WWE is sold. And it'll be one of those wink, wink comments, but nothing direct. I do not expect any direct reference of the sale of WWE on their TV. If Disney buys it, Who's the first female superstar to declare herself the newest Disney princess? Mickey Mouse. I think she's reigns reign supreme. I think she comes in there and she keeps her crown. You, you got to beat the queen in order to take that crown. I think Mickey Mouse does it. Minnie. Um. So okay, we got uh, we got some super chats. Thank you. Keep those coming in. We're gonna get to those soon. Kate Kate saying Vince McMahon's limo blows up after. <laughs> If I was Vince McMahon, I would absolutely want to be killed off on screen. If, I, if I'm not going to have anything to do with the company and I'm selling it, if I was Vince, I'd be like, I'm going out, going out yeah. all the way. And a lot of people, a lot of wrestlers still think that he is secretly inching his way back into the company. I know people have seen certain things. There's always going to be those rumors as long as he's alive, because that's just his personality, especially now that he's legitimately back as CEO of the company. 
there will always be speculation that Vince McMahon is back in charge. But I will say this. I have no problem with Vince McMahon being involved in WWE from his position. I mean, obviously, there's all that horrible stuff behind the scenes. And personally, I'm not saying I don't have a problem with that. I'm saying in terms of Vince McMahon, I don't think he would ruin the company as long as he played the GM role. Like Vince McMahon as a head coach is horrible. But as a GM, as a guy who picks a talent, never forget, he picked Bianca Belair. Okay? He picked a lot of these wrestlers, Matt Riddle. There's a lot of guys who put in this position who people love that Vince McMahon picked. It's the booking and the creative that's a problem. So Triple H is a good coach. Vince McMahon could be the GM. It's like Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick, where Bill Parcells won all those Super Bowls, wouldn't have been able to do it without Bill Belichick. So they work well as long as Vince McMahon is a hands-off GM who picks the talent. I think he could be in charge of catering and the menu and steak wraps for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Get those burritos for with the ketchup on it. <laughs> what else is going on in the news? Well, uh, CM Punk is causing trouble for everybody in AEW, and the man hasn't even stepped into the locker room, hasn't even left his house, just went on social media, posted a tweet on or posted an Instagram story, and uh, hell broke loose, and John Moxley is talking about it. He is now being made to answer questions about CM Punk alongside his wife, Renee Paquette, who's a great interviewer. Uh, all things considered, but with her husband, she obviously has this great chemistry. So this is a great interview if you guys want to check this out with Moxley. And Moxley's always a great guest because he does not hold back. He just says what's on his mind. This is how his book was. This is how he was. So he's always fascinating to watch in interviews. And he told Renee Paquette that in regards to CM Punk, it's effing annoying. I don't want to get dragged into this dumb S. I could effing unload a lot of effing people right now. But um, when I start getting dragged into this S... It tempts me to do that, but I'm not going to sink to that level, said John Moxley. He also talked about all the drama that's going on in AEW. He seems very happy in AEW. He does not seem like somebody who would ever go back to WWE, but he hmm. did say, as an observer, it seems like I've spent eight years on the indies. I've spent a couple years in WWE developmental, spent like eight years in WWE, and I've never seen so much bullshit drama in my life in one entire place that's what uh, john moxley said in terms of aew so john moxley with a lot of words about aew about cm punk what do you make of this whole situation Glenn? aew is a new type of wrestling company uh i'm trying to think no wwe wrestler even john cena and roman reigns that they're most protected within the company at their highest status would not get out there and talk quite that way about the locker room. They would say it like, well, you know, some of the younger guys might have some drama, but, you know, we try and run a peaceful, like they would really try and spin this shape and control the narrative as yeah. it were. Um, so this is crazy that uh, Moxley is just opening up like this. Yeah. And I think it just kind of speaks to, it's just the latest controversy with CM Punk where all he did was just like kind of an IG post and it's caused all this headache and drama. And there's just been this narrative and who knows what to believe with these narratives. These narratives are based on what people tell these quote unquote journalists wow. in that things get out that certain people want to get out and certain people don't want to get out. But the bottom line is this, look at all this commotion that CM Punk has now caused without even being involved directly in the company. I think that gives you every indication you need to know in terms of whether or not AEW should bring him back. I think it's time to cut your losses with CM Punk. Wow. I think it's time to go with the guys that you have. Moxley clearly doesn't like him. Jericho clearly doesn't like him. That alone are two people who are the backbone of AEW, who you 
do not, you don't want to piss off any wrestlers, but you do not want to piss off Moxley and Jericho, let alone the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. All your bedrocks of this company want nothing to do with CM Punk. So there should be no thinking as to whether or not we should bring him back. He's already shown that you do not do that based on how his last run ended, based on how his WWE run ended. Fire his ass. It's time to move on from CM Punk. I mean, Moxley is always giving me the impression that he would be just as happy to set up a wrestling ring in his backyard and uh, charge people $2 with all the hot dogs they can eat to come and watch him wrestle. <laughs> Absolutely. He's talking about... <laughs> He was talking about how he was pissed off about not getting booked or actually having to cancel his booking on an OTT show, which they do serve hot dogs at those shows. And I hear they're delicious, but he did not get uh, have to, he had to go to the AW house show when they started doing the household segment. So he was very, very unleashed in terms of being very honest. John Moxley does not have a media mode. That's what I love about his interviews is he's not going to give you the dressed up answer that you're supposed to say, like a lot of wrestlers are trained to do, especially wrestlers who come from WWE, especially wrestlers who spent as been as, Oh, Tony Khan is cutting Alfred's mic. We can't hear Alfred. TK, Tony Twitterfingers cannot handle the truth that Alfred Kanawa is speaking on this podcast and is trying to silence him. But he will not be silenced. Except he still, we still can't hear him. I'll be back. But he will not be silenced. Uh, so while Alfred figures... I will not that, be silenced. You're absolutely there, right. Now I can hear you. There we go. My mic got cut out. Tony Khan did cut my mic, but yeah. See, I was talking about how unfiltered John Moxley was, and then they filtered me. So yes, John Moxley, great interview. Check it out on the sessions. He talks a lot about uh, AEW, his state of mind right now, the CM Punk issue. He talks about it all. One of my favorite John Moxley stories was uh, uh, we sponsored his podcast for a company, or we sponsored Renee's podcast for a company we work for. And we sent some snack bars and John Moxley really liked the snack bars and just would keep saying, Renee, you need to get them as a sponsor again. Cause I like when they send us free snack bars, <laughs> like you could go That's buy your own, but he just really liked the free ones came to his house. What flavor were these snack bars? I'd love just to a variety, a variety okay. of, uh, you know, kind snacks. Are there any you apple know? ones? Apple is my favorite flavor of anything. No, kind shouldn't make an apple bar. Uh, but no, they were good, good stuff. Um, Anything else in the news? Uh, that is your news. And before we move on, a final programming note. I have an article on Forbes right now about Rey Mysterio gracing the cover of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And the good people at General Mills loved it so much that Cinnamon Toast Crunch and General Mills sent me a giant box of cereal. It is a double XL box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Only the best, only the double XL biggest size for the king, ladies and gentlemen, to show you the context of how giant and gigantic this cereal box is, I have placed it next to a actual cereal box that people generally have. Uh, and you see this right here on the shared screen. Look how enormous this cereal box is. Thank you so much to everybody. So let the WWE pays Alfred in Cinnamon Toast Crunch narrative begin. I cannot wait. I want QT Marshall to show Cinnamon Toast Crunch on QTV tomorrow because they did take a nice little shot at the King last week by airing the charcuterie there. But I would very much like to see the Cinnamon Toast Crunch box. I hear the streets do tell me that QT Marshall is in town in my city of Inglewood, California for that WrestleMania event that he will never be booked on. So if that is true, QT, hit me up. I will hand deliver you this box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch cereal so that you can air that on QTV so that your 26 viewers can have something to look at while your jokes are bombing because I am not the cheese man. I am 
the cinnamon. Back to you, Glenn. Now, cinnamon toast crunch doesn't really work on a charcuterie plate. However, what if you made party mix with cinnamon toast crunch? Let me tell you something. And pretzels and peanuts. And Let me tell you yeah. something. You say it doesn't work on a charcuterie plate? Take the crackers out, which you know I want my charcuterie cracker free. Put the cinnamon toast crunch in there in place of the crackers. That would be fire. Cinnamon toast crunch with some cheddar cheese and some pepper jack sounds like fire. Especially with some it. sour diesel ice cream. Okay. Uh, Fat Matt, $5, saying the Roxanne HBK segment was like watching a cringy after-school special from 25 years ago. Completely I disagree. I have thoughts. We'll talk about this. We'll talk about this. It was a little Degrassi, not the original Degrassi, Degrassi the Next Generation. It was a little, a little like that. It was very uh, melodramatic, but I think that's what they were going for. And well, parts yes. of it were very cheesy, to borrow a phrase, but I thought, it, as a whole, I thought it was a win. Cheesy, it should have been more cinnamony and toasty, yeah, as everything yes. should be. Yeah, uh, Mealy 499, one of the best battle royals I've seen in a minute. I think they fumbled the ball with Soul tonight. Imagine her in a ladder match. Y'all trust Duke. Hashtag yes, girl. Uh, we got things. We got things to discuss. Um, and yes, girl, I absolutely loved Pretty Deadly on the show. I thought it was the best part of the show. And I really do think, because they like to experiment on NXT, I think it should be standard to have somebody host the go-home show and really kind of lead the narratives of all these stories. I thought this was so good how they did that. I thought Pretty Deadly obviously was so good as hosts, but this was a really good idea to have them. They just went back to them and they would just kind of tell you and get mm -hmm. you ready for all these matches. I thought that was great. It's very well done. And we'll, we'll talk about their role tonight. Um, I have some thoughts about that as well. Randy Hawkins, $5 saying some people are still rumoring the rocks involvement this weekend. Not surprised. His daughter is at NXT. I mean, that would be the biggest WrestleMania surprise in quite some time. If the rock showed up. And just, just even showing up, not even wrestling, just showing up. Because why would you not announce that? Makes me nervous. Listen, I Makes think it's nervous. the right decision for Q, for Cody, QT Marshall, for <laughs> QT Marshall's boss, one of his many bosses, Cody Rhodes, to win in the WrestleMania main event. I think he's going to win. I think he should win. But there obviously is that little birdie in my mind that says, hey, maybe they want Roman Reigns to go a thousand days. Maybe they're going to continue telling the bloodline story by having Roman Reigns win this match. And maybe if Roman does beat Cody Rhodes and they don't want to send people home sad, they bring the rock out for a face off or something like that. Listen, that would be a fun moment live. Cody Rhodes has to win this match. I, I don't know what anybody's thinking in terms of how they can stretch this out. Cody Rhodes needs to win this match. They planted the seeds. They've done a great job with the storyline. Cody has to win. Let's go, Cody. So if Cody loses this match, I think Monday he's going to make an appointment for laser tattoo removal and point to that as where his career took the wrong turn. He's kind of been cursed since he got that tattoo. Has he? I think things have gotten think better. It. Think about it. I feel like maybe his stands. AEW career was cursed after the tattoo, but he showed up in WWE day one and it's all been great. And I do think that he's going to bring back the wing eagle and listen to this, Glenn. What if he puts the winged eagle on the other neck? How about that? The thing about Cody Rhodes is there are some people you look at and you just go, they're a neck, neck tattoo sort of person. Cody does not have that look. I think that's what he's going for. Here's the thing. I empathize with neck tattoo people because especially Caucasians with neck tattoo, they are the black people of white people. It's people with neck tattoos. Okay, They're treated the same as black people where employers look at them like, we're not giving you a job. Uh, people walk on the other side of the street with them. And I empathize with neck tattoo people because they struggle, not 
all of the same struggles as us, but they kind of understand what it's like for the black experience if you're a white man with a neck tattoo. So uh, shout out to Cody Rhodes. Randy Hawkins with the $5 Super Chat. Uncle Randy. Saying no to Tony Khan, welcome to wrestling politics. I mean, Tony do like didn't even get thrown in the deep end. Tony dove in the deep end. When he got that kind of money, you can just yell YOLO and, you know, start a wrestling company. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, I think Tony Khan, this is going to be crazy that people are saying this, uh, but I do think Tony Khan has done an overall good job with AEW. And I think that it is a growing company and he's doing a lot of things right. I just think that when it comes to leadership, which is one of the big things in wrestling, he's awful. He's an F when it comes to leadership. That's one of the many reasons CM Punk should not come back. CM Punk, the only time in his wrestling career he was able to really last after ROH, he was able to really last somewhere. It was when he was the WWE. And that's because he had a daddy. He had somebody mm. who was a man who was authoritarian, who was a Vince McMahon, who was able to tell him what to do and was able to keep him on a rope. After that, he comes back to AEW with that spineless Tony Khan who nobody respects. It's going to implode all over again. Tony mm. Khan cannot manage CM Punk, and that's the big problem. And it's one of many reasons why they should not bring him back. Okay. Well, uh, let's dive uh, into this. Got some other super chats. Uh, Randy Hawkins, five dollars. Though pointing out that Matt Cardona has a neck tattoo now as well. Maybe he's hoping he for really? some of that that Cody luck. Uh, <laughs> that, that's amazing. I got to look this up. I might get a neck tattoo of Cinnamon Toast Crunch, like a, one of those uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunches on there. I don't. I don't know. I'll think about it. Okay. So let's talk about NXT tonight hosted by pretty deadly and uh, fat Matt saying they're psychics pretty deadly. Cause they pre-recorded everybody who, who won their match. <laughs> yes, they did. They, they saw it coming. What can and you say? They're like Siegfried and Roy. <laughs> they are sort of the Siegfried and Roy wrestling. I love it. They, Cause uh, Nigel McGinnis, and I'm going to try to make this in Santa Monica because it's close to me. Nigel McGinnis is doing a magic show that I, I really do want to go Ooh. see. And I magic think Castle? that, yes, no, no, no. It's going to be in Santa Monica. It's going to be in oh. a small club in Santa Monica. And I do think that pretty deadly should be inspired by that and start to incorporate magic into their act. Maybe bring a tiger so that they can start doing some stuff like that. Uh, Tim Mickles, buck 99 saying we need the disc record, Alfred. Well, I, I'm. Oh, Alfred's mic's cut again. Tony Collins afraid of the disc record. Alfred's gonna start dropping bars. You know how many things rhyme with con? Like flan or non. Sean Obi Wan. Sean. Sean John. QT Marshall is uh, running the audio of this podcast. And he just cannot handle this heat that I'm giving him. QT, um, if you're in town, hit me up. Okay, I will put this on Twitter. I will hand deliver you this box completely peaceful. Okay, I will hand deliver you this box. Put it on QTV tomorrow as a shout out to the king. So, 20 man battle royal opened tonight. Excellent. So much action. All's well, that ends well. They haven't done uh, one of these in a while. Always enjoy these for NXT, just seeing all the different talent involved. I really did enjoy this battle royal. They had a lot of spot. I thought it was so funny that Reggie did this or scripts did this mm. spot where he like flipped outside of the ring and he was eliminated. And it's like, and he seemed so shocked that it's like, oh no, I landed on my feet. It's like that's not know. the point of this battle royal. You shouldn't be surprised about this. But I thought that the final two between Axiom and um, Nathan Fraser was excellent. I thought was. this was the best final two in a battle royal I have wow. ever seen. Wow. There's no doubt in my mind about that. I'm not being a prisoner of the moment. Undertaker I, and Shawn Michaels and in the Royal Rumble in 20, what was it, 20, 2007? I think that was the bar for me. And I think this 
very much clear that bar. I thought this is excellent what they did. No, I thought it was very, very well done. I thought there was a lot of good spots in this. I thought the the last two were great. Uh, if you want to know how Quincy Elliott's career is going, <laughs> Quincy first eliminated from the battle royal. Poor Quincy, he's got to he's got to pay his dues, man, because he pissed off a lot of people in that locker room with his activity on Clubhouse, and now he's got to start from scratch, and this is part of it. Ah, uh, yeah. See if Quincy recovers. Uh, so. Yeah, this really came down. I mean, Javi got eliminated scripts. Idris, Malik, Hank Walker, Gulak, Apollo, Jinder, Dabakato, uh, Charlie Dempsey. But Nathan Frazier and Axiom, it's funny because didn't we talk about this last week? There was like, it's going to be Axiom. It's like, then why are we doing this whole thing? Yeah. <laughs> Axiom could have just asked. He could have. And it kind of makes the champion who's supposed to be your baby face, the North American champion, uh, uh, not Nash Carter, but um, the North American champion. It makes him look bad because he hasn't accepted this challenge. Well, I'm telling you, I think that uh, someone with the last name Lee or someone with a mask or both is winning Wesley. this match. Well, someone with the last name Lee and someone potentially with a mask, either or maybe both are winning this match. Not really. You're casting a kind of wide net there, aren't you? I mean, there's one person with the last name Lee and who wears a mask. I'm pretty sure is winning this match. <laughs> it's going to either be a dragon, which uh, it'd be great if they could get a partnership with Dungeons and Dragon, which I hear is doing a great job at the box office. But Dragon Lee, I absolutely could see winning this match. But Wesley, I don't think needs this title anymore. I just think he's done yeah. a great job with this run. He's had some great matches. He's been a great baby face. And Dragon Lee is going to be on his way. I think, I think Dragon Lee is going to... I have a high bar and a high standards for what he could potentially do in this match. And I think he's going to clear it. Now is here. Let me ask you this question. Is dragon Lee, the new ricochet in what way? Well, NXT ricochet, not made roster ricochet. Yeah. Okay. See, that's what I was thinking. I think he is. Absolutely. I think he's going to be in that spot, but they have a lot of guys like that. Now I feel like axiom and Nate Fraser are guys of that ilk. Uh, I know JD McDonough uh, is not quite that ilk. Cause he's not much of a high flyer, but he is more kind of that vibe, but, I feel like they do have a lot more high flyers now, especially even Wes Lee. I think Dragon Lee, they haven't had a big buzzy signing in a while in yeah. NXT. And this so. is supposed to be that, but I don't feel that's on the same level. He did get a good pop last week, but I don't feel that Dragon Lee is on that same level. Well, a lot of hardcores. And even Clark Connors, who we were talking about the, who I can't remember the guy, what the Eddie Thor, that's what they, um, the name they gave him in terms of this techno guy. I did not know last week we were talking about it, that that was Clark Connors. When I found that yeah. out, I was very excited. He looked well, good tonight. I would, I would pose this uh, theory, which is that AEW, NXT, WWE, have snapped up so many of the buzzy indie wrestlers of the last five to 10 years that like, maybe there wouldn't be another ricochet now. I mean, who's left. That's a big name. That's not already tied to a major promotion. Well, it seems like every week on AEW TV, they put somebody who's not under contract with AEW on TV. So mm. El Ijo del Vikingo, Commander, like AEW loves giving these free mixtapes to WWE. So there are some people, but I agree with you in terms of with AEW and WWE alone, they've kind of soaked up all these indie type talents where there isn't a huge market for these guys coming in. I know Jay White is a free agent, so he's going to land somewhere and that's going to yeah. be an exciting thing when he shows up. But you're right. There isn't a big market for these types anymore. 
Well, I don't think there's a lot left. I think now it's like you're out there and you're putting on some good matches. And, and it was Carl Frederick, not Clark Connors. I'm sorry. It was Carl Fredericks. Mm. Similar, but different. Uh, but we'll talk about that tonight. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, that that's probably why MLW is so guarded. Like MLW, NWA. Like there's very few promotions that if I'm MLW, I'm trying to just hold on to my talent at this point. Yeah. You know, they're if in a difficult anybody. position. Even AEW, it's very risky for them to put these guys on TV. Even John Moxley, that's another thing John Moxley talked about in his interview with Renee, is he said that he did not have a contract with AEW at the time. He was feuding with CM Punk. He literally said that he could have showed up on SummerSlam just with the AEW world title. So AEW is playing with fire doing that. And uh, it's very interesting in terms of these people without a contract. I think that's the next wave in terms of WWE maybe trying to snatch up people who they just saw on AEW. That being said, there, um, uh, baby, I was mentioning Jacob Fatu in the comments. I was watching MLW a recap of what Real One has been up to in MLW and his feud with Jacob Fatu and his uh, his promo against Jacob Fatu was phenomenal. Yeah, Real One's doing some great work in MLW. I know Court Bauer loves him, and I think he's doing a great job. And I still want to see him get a shot in WWE, but he's I doing know. phenomenal in hey. AEW and MLW, and he should stay there if if he's so inclined. Real One should be hoping that vince gets back involved with creative because that's his only way back in yeah, vince loved enzo yeah triple h not so much no <laughs> no uh no i'd love to see that redemption arc um but yeah we'll see we'll see what happens but anyhow uh so wes and axiom shook hands after this then dragon lee shook both of their hands before Ilya Dragonoff and Janie mcdonough appeared so um yeah, it's gonna be good uh we had some stuff backstage with chase you and tyler Bate. We had stuff with Brooks Jensen and Briggs uh, setting up what would happen later. So they're going to get an opportunity to be added to the triple threat tag team championship match to stand and deliver. If they win a match tonight, we'll talk about what happened. But then we had Tyler Bate with Chase U versus Von Wagner and Mr. Stone. But look, I mean, this match, poor Von Wagner. Uh, Tyler Bate got the win. But this match was about schism afterwards. And this promo about schism's hostile takeover if they win chase you at stand and deliver this weekend yeah and i think that might be the direction that might be i think that is the direction that they are going in because i do not see ava rain losing in her debut and whenever a stipulation is this big even though we did see kiana james threaten to take over chase you and fail to do so here's the thing about this kiana james storyline i'm very intrigued because i no longer know where it's going i know we talk about wwe being predictable which is a good thing when uh, you're building up long-term storylines because people want to anticipate something and it makes it better to get there but this storyline between kiana james fallon henley i stopped trying to figure out and i think they're doing a good job week to week telling the story i just don't know what the payoff is going to be and i want to see it and i do think that they're going to connect kiana james with schism in terms of taking over chase us i believe you did say a couple of weeks ago yeah I mean, they need finance, right? We learned on succession. You have to have the money in place. Yeah. Yes, yes, we did. This. Succession is back. Uh, and to that end, I, I tweeted out because I wanted to know, you know, how will Schism's takeover of Chase U affect the student loans, the scholarships and transferable credits? How will it impact the cafeteria menus and dorm housing? And Joe Gacy responded saying that Chase U's old loans will be completely null, but you will have to set up a completely new loan program through Schism University. So... <laughs> What's the interest rate on those loans with Schism University? Cool. Oh, and that means if they default on those old loans, if those are nulled, then, I mean, is Andre Chase, like, out that money? Yeah, absolutely. He's, Man, he's SOL. Tough. Tough. It's going to be hard times for Chase U. They're going to turn into a vocational school, essentially. 
Man, this this storyline is has been awesome. I still think Thea Hale should pin Ava Rain, but no, Ava Rain's not, not losing her first. Not a chance. Game. I know, I know, I know. I'm Speaking very intrigued to see. I'm. It's so funny because at the beginning of the week, or even like last week, I there's no way I was thinking of even going to NXT. Seeing the deliver, I I'm leaning toward going. I think I'm gonna go because I want to see how this pays off. Every car, every match on this card. Like if this was outdoors, I would be there. I'd make the four hour drive. I don't want to go indoors and share air with the mass. Oh, really? But uh, this was outdoors. I would do. I mean, this this card is stacked. Is Every match thing? in this card. Uh, it's a COVID thing. It's also, by the way, because all y'all, you know, Hollywood types and want to be Hollywood types are going. There's no one left to cover it on Wrestling Inc. It's going to be me, Jimmy, and Justin covering everything because all the rest of y'all are going there. That's a good trio. Three people I love. That's great. I think you guys are going to have great shows. I was looking at it today and I was like, oh, I could drive out. You know, there's a veggie grill in Pasadena. It's 220 miles. I checked four hour drive. Roughly. We could meet up outdoors somewhere. Me, you and Issa. But one, y'all are doing stuff. You don't want to have to make time out for that. Sure we do. Maybe Monday. Monday's the day. I was thinking looking at it today. Monday would be the day to do it. But uh, but yeah, we're going to do that. I'm going to do an eight hour drive round trip. You know, that sounds like fun. Is it? Is it? Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Fun, Alfred. Have you done the drive to Vegas? 100% I have. Road trips are very fun. And Vegas, in terms of going through Barstow, on the way back is not fun. I'll give you yeah. that. But on the way it's, there, you're all excited about it. Hell yeah. No, you're all excited about it. And then you get to prim and you're like, I'm in Vegas. You're like, no, I'm not. I'm in Wait Nevada. another hour and a half. Yeah, I got another 45 minutes. <laughs> There's a pink box donuts at prim now. And they have uh, they have a vegan assortment I can get. I get that when I'm leaving. And then I just eat vegan cherry fritters the entire drive. Sounds delicious. Do you know the candy store, the giant? I, I stop there sometimes when I'm going to Vegas. The giant candy store, and I always forget the name of it. And they sell just, it's like Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Mm. Every type of candy you can imagine. It's delicious. I don't know if you can tell this by looking at me, but I enjoy candy now and again. <laughs> you and I both. Yeah. Um, so Randy Hawkins, $5, saying, All I know about Mania is everyone's going, is freaking out over LA traffic. They were freaking out about it mainly on Busted Open. Like, I mean, it's, it's going to be legit. bad. I like driving. I mean, the, here's the pro and con of it's like you drive, you sit in traffic, you have to deal with other drivers. It's nice to just sit in an Uber or Lyft, but you're going to be paying for that. But the good news is you can just sit there on your phone the entire time. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And the, the mainly the issues of traffic and downtown LA, which is one of the worst traffic yeah. congested places. And there's going to be a lot of events between downtown LA and SoFi Stadium, people having to go back and forth. Could be a nightmare. It might be one of those things where people are making a bigger deal than it is, but 
with all the people who are going to be in town for WrestleMania and all the people who are generally in town in LA on the weekend, it's not going to be a lot of fun for a lot of people. Five miles with the buck 99 super chat saying we need Alfred in the ring pronto. This will not pay off with an in-ring storyline. And I just want to say, I don't know who needs to hear this. I'm not working with AEW. I know there are people of interest who feel like this is all part of an angle. I've received text messages from people who should know better, who think that I'm working an angle that I'm going to show up on AEW TV, that they're giving me all this free promo because they're working with me. No, AEW just does things like this. They just, they love the backstage gossip aspect of wrestling. So that's why I'm being shouted out on their TV. I am not working with AEW. This is a complete shoot on my end. And I think mm. they just realized that uh, they want some clout from Big Daddy. Randy Hawkins, $5, saying the Roxanne promo was weird. Yeah, I understand the anxiety bit because I have it too, but it was bad. Uh, yeah, okay. anxiety, anxiety yeah, real. We're going to talk about it. We'll, yeah, we'll talk yeah, about that. Let's, as, let's get into it. Well, we'll talk about that. It's coming up in a second. But I agree. I mean, I agree the anxiety is very topical, very relatable, very good. But uh, before we get to that, Fat Matt, $2 super chat saying my kid's applying to Schism U in the fall. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize in advance for showing this. <laughs> I hope this doesn't happen, uh, but uh, I'm sure everybody will be fine. Uh, this this area, not that I'm a fan of gentrification, but it is being more gentrified. But uh, folks, just watch your P's and Q's when you're in Inglewood. That's all I got to say. I mean, it's a stadium. You're in the stadium. The stadium yeah, is going to be here in a couple of months. Yeah, like if you're in any stadium, I mean, there's one. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun time. I go to a lot of events at SoFi. Nothing happens. I'm not saying nothing will happen to you guys, but let's just, uh, you know. And downtown LA, downtown LA, you want to talk about gentrification. Downtown LA used to be a rough oh, neighborhood. And now that is like, I mean, but they've kind of done this everywhere. Every major metropolitan area with a sports stadium arena, like has got, like it's the same re upscale restaurants, concert venue, hotels nightlife like it's like you'll be fine but just you know have your wits about you uh which by the way is the first time i've ever given that advice to people have your wits about you no but you're right okay. yeah. Inglewood has actually follow follow oh tony Count strikes again clout chasing trying to silence alfred um but while alfred figures that out oh look at there uh, while well, Alfred figures that out with his mic, Roxanne Perez provided an update on her health tonight. So she knocked on HPK's door, said that it was a combination of exhaustion and anxiety. It's very real. Many people suffer from both. And uh, HPK said, you'll get your shot again. We're going to crown a new champion at Stand and Deliver. They're going to have some matches. You'll have some matches, and then you'll get an opportunity again. And man, Roxanne convinced him pretty quickly. Like she had that rebuttal right there in her back pocket, ready to go to where HBK has added her to the match. And I believe it said she will be defending her title. It's not even that the title's open. She will be defending her title at stand and deliver. Getting that opportunity to hold on to it. And uh, I'm torn on this because I think that this story, I get what they're going for. I get what they were trying to set up here and make this be, uh, a little more of an emotional journey given that Roxanne was just uh, thrust into the spotlight given the Mandy Rose situation back in December. But I think at the same time, there's a lot of very talented other contenders in this match. And, uh, you know, we've talked about this. NXT has had so many long title reigns, especially in the women's division, that I would like a little more volatility and unpredictability going forward. 
Well, I do think that we have had that unpredictability, and I think I figured out this mic issue, but we'll see. We'll see if uh, the, the powers that be continue to try to silence me. But I like the fact that they are instituting a little bit of volatility with this storyline. You know what? They were saying that there were some things maybe behind the scene as to why Roxanne Perez was taken off TV, and this might be it. Maybe she did have real-life anxiety oh. issues, and they're now incorporating this as part of a storyline. I like the fact they're telling this story. I did think that it was a little cheesy again, like we said earlier. I did think it was a little hokey in parts. I didn't think the acting was the best. I did like the attempt and the effort, and I like the fact that they showed the different camera angles. And they made it look very cinematic, uh, and I did like the segment overall. I mean, I know it's going to be very polarizing, and people already, as we've seen in the chat, are having their issues with it. I didn't think this was bad. I like that this was the explanation they used to have her put back in there. Um, it's just that I don't know if it lines up with her fainting after having this brutal match um, with uh, Miko Satamora is mm. that, oh, she had an anxiety panic attack. No, she just got the shit kicked out of her by Miko Satamora is what I thought, is why I thought she fainted. But if that's where they want to go, that's fine. I think it's good. And I think that it's going to be a good thing because they're doing that with Heyman on a page in AEW where he's mm. like the spokesperson for anxiety. He's the anxious millennial cowboy is what they call him and market him as. And with Gen Z... With uh, millennials, it does connect that anxiety issue, especially Gen Z, who spend all their time on phones, don't know how to interact with human beings anymore, uh, are doing all their dating on social media apps and stuff like that. So it will connect with people who do have anxiety uh, beyond just Gen Z. So I think it's a good story to tell, and I like that WWE is going after that. I just, for this segment, I'll give it like a six and a half out of 10, but I do love what they're doing with Roxanne moving forward. Well, I think part of the reason why is she didn't really have a chase before when she won this championship. So I think they're trying to give her a journey to try and have it feel a little more um, emotionally earned yeah. rather than just, you know, a great opportunity that she was able to take advantage of. So we'll see. But uh, I think there's a lot of contenders in this, in this uh, women's match. I think it could go any variety of ways. And, Man, tonight Pretty Deadly was so good with recapping and setting up every single it. match. Um, you know, it's funny. Matt Morgan, when he was doing this podcast, used to say that TV time is TV time. And if you're not adding uh, bumps on your bump card, like, all the better. Like, I don't know how... I would be content if we could have Pretty Deadly just be the hosts of NXT every week. Because I think I would love them as a regular huge presence on the tv show yeah i don't know if they should do something like this every week i just liked my favorite part of it was them building up the matches so when you have big shows and stuff like that and yeah if they had a host where there was going to be a wrestling show and they have a host i think this would be great and then you could use the host to interview people even but i don't think that should be the rule i think they are so talented that they should be wrestlers and they should be champions really uh, but they did a great job with the segments that's true and as the killer of demons is pointing out it's not just gen z that has anxiety I mean, oh yeah, you know, uh, uh, boomers. Our parents, yeah, boomers. You know, the president was was like basically killed on TV. You know, uh, we had we had the Challenger explosion as kids. Nine eleven. We've all lived through this. I think everybody. It, in fact, and then look and think about those moments that were just historically like shocking moments at the time, and think about everything that's happened in the last. You know, since the turn of the millennium. Yeah. Like, how can you be alive here in the year twenty twenty three? not occasionally feel overwhelmed by it all and let your anxiety get the better. And my point is that because everybody, you're absolutely right, has anxiety. The only difference between 
the boomers, our parents in those generations. And now is that anxiety is now celebrated, not, not anxiety itself, no. but the fact no. that people have, have anxiety is something that is openly spoken about. And I do think that a boomer would look at a promo like this about anxiety and they would think to themselves, oh, get over it. Stop being a sissy, this, that, and the other. But everybody has anxiety. It's just whether or not you want to acknowledge it and be open and honest about it. I think that's more of a Gen Z millennial thing is to say, I have anxiety, I'm struggling with anxiety, I need to deal with it. Whereas even though a lot of people have it and everybody essentially struggles with it, it's not as popular with those generations to admit that you have anxiety. They see hmm. it as a sign of weakness. I think the kids these days have it right in talking about these things. I think, they do. You know, being a uh, late Gen Xer, like when I was growing up, it was still like rub some dirt on it, walk it off. Yeah. You know? Don't be a wuss. And uh, yeah, terrible advice. Terrible advice. So yeah, they didn't know any better. I, I'm sure they were doing the best. But yeah, that is bad advice as we've come to see. And I do think that mental health is being more celebrated. Uh, it's just it's funny because we're in an era of social media, which is destructive to mental health. And you see a lot of these mental health advocates on social media talking about mental health, yet they're the biggest bullies on social media. So weird. social media is going to send us backwards 100 years in mental health with all these people tweeting 100,000 times and saying, no, but support your mental health. No, you're a mental health patient. So I just think we're, we're screwed in terms of anxiety and mental health. And that's that's why we need Roxanne Perez. Yeah, so I, I agree. The concept, I think, is a 10 for how they're trying to inject some reality and more of a thorough storyline into her her championship reign. Uh, but yeah, the execution of this, I, I can see where the execution of this is polarizing. Yeah. This is getting the after-school special um, critique. Uh, Valentina Feroz got a very nice entrance and then got her ass kicked by Electro Lopez. <laughs> Yeah, this was uh, better than I thought it would be, but not the best. And they're doing something with Valentina Feroz, so that's good. But they're really doing something with Electra Lopez. If you saw her entrance where they had the lower third Chiron, her graphic was all updated. So I think they're really giving her a push. She might be somebody who's going to challenge Roxanne down the present and, and down the road and maybe even beat her. Yeah. Um, Eddie Thorpe. It's interesting with Eddie Thorpe. I'll say this. I liked his performance in the ring. I think he looks very dominant. I think that his entrance was cool. Um, I think he's got the best arm sleeve tattoo in all of professional wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very cool design. Uh, he had a showcase match against miles Bourne. Uh, we haven't seen much of miles Bourne on TV lately. I thought uh, he looked good in what he was given to do here, but I think with Eddie Thorpe, you know, I, what, what, what did you think of this? Cause there's like, there's three different things going on. Like, one is that they have the DJ gimmick, which, again, I'm all in favor of. And then he's got, uh, I believe, his uh, indigenous native roots uh, with his some of his ring gear, those earrings. I'm so glad he took those earrings off. I was nervous for those earrings. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be Jeff Hardy all over again. This is going to be potentially a disaster. But then I like that there were almost shades of NXT carrying cross after Eddie won when he was talking about his alpha wolf persona and he's coming for everyone. Um, it's like, I think all the pieces are here. I'm really excited to see how this evolves though. His character and his journey. Me too. The guy behind it, Carl Fredericks, again, is a talent. He's very good. I've seen him several times in LA. He comes through with New Japan Strongs and something like that. But he's a very good and capable wrestler. And he's very promising. And he's still relatively new in the wrestling business and, and ahead of where the curve is. 
It's just that it's a lot of gimmick for this guy. And I just don't know. I've only seen him wrestle. I haven't really seen him cut promos or play a character. I've only seen him as himself, as Carl Fredericks. I don't know if he'll be able to take on all these layers that they're now throwing at him. I think yeah, what they're like asking him much, to do. Right? Yeah, it's like years into your career, you should be able to take on something like this. But they're doing the DJ, and then they're doing an alternate character. And it's a lot of gimmick for a guy who I think that might be his shortcoming in terms of being somebody who could be a character and open up. So it'll be interesting. And I think that the, the DJ thing, which definitely got my attention, but I think that he almost, well, see, I'm, I'm split on this because on one hand it made him instantly memorable and made him stand out. You can't have him come in and just be, I'm the alpha wolf and I am dominant and I am here to wreck shop and kick ass and take names because that gimmick NXT has a dozen guys that, that, when you boils down to it, that's his gimmick. Right. Um, but I think things just need to evolve and coalesce a little bit. I, I like the match, but yeah, I almost wonder there's, there's gotta be a way just to tweak or refine this a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And I hope they figure that out as it goes along. I didn't even think this was that bad. I just think no, it's it like, wow, bad at all. a lot with this guy. Just and last week, even before I knew he was the last week, I was intrigued. So they're doing, they're doing fine. It's just that they're doing a lot of character work with this guy. And I really do think that they should focus on his wrestling as well as his character work, but not give him too much too soon. You know what it's kind of like, actually? Let me draw a comparison to Nikita Lyons. Then yeah. Nikita, when she showed up in the ring and her gear was on point and she looked dominant and like one of a kind out there, like we didn't need the backstory with the freestyle rapping and her dad was in a metal band and her mom was a groupie and she's yeah. living her truth. Like we didn't need all that. Yeah, what does you that know? even mean now? Like, how is that tied into her story now? Yeah, so I think that um, I mean, if you follow her on Instagram, she's living her truth, and she's not letting this injury slow her down. She seems like she's having a great time hanging out with Tiffany Stratton and just being oh. fabulous everywhere she wow. goes. Um, but but yeah, I think that's what it is. I think that it's like some people when you have oh here we go. This is a controversial statement because think about how this applies to other wrestlers. When you have it, you don't need you don't need gimmicks, right? You've got that X factor, that star factor. Yeah, absolutely. You, you can just go out there and you can present yourself and cut promo and stuff like that. So it, it does seem like some window dressing for him. Yes. Uh, and it's not to say that it's not based on reality, you know, and who they are. But yeah, I feel like I feel like there's maybe too many people trying to have a hand in this. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I just hope he doesn't get micromanaged to death because, I mean, he's a very he's a talented guy and he's got the fringes. You get over if you've got fringes, especially very rarely do you see fringes on kick pads. So, and uh, Bernie DC saying, well, with his Native American roots and taking the Eddie Thorpe uh, name as homage to the great Jim Thorpe, could be more to his heritage than it being layers. Ah. I mean, I think I think there's something there. I think it's good, but he definitely got our attention tonight. Uh, just standout performer, and yeah, I'm excited to see where he goes from here. Randy Hawkins, five dollars, saying Thorpe is also the guy who got smashed by oh the glass smash. Sorry, the guy who got smashed by Roman Reigns in the Goodfellas parody. That was, there have been two great, because I thought that as a whole, that WWE missed, especially if you compare them to the WrestleMania, quote unquote, Hollywood promos in 2005. Mm. I thought all those were unbelievable. And I thought these that they did, the trailers this year were not that great, except for the Rhea Ripley trailer was excellent with Stranger Things. And I thought the Roman Reigns bloodline this good was very good. trailer this was, was the excellent. Best I thought it was so funny. And you know what? If you watch this trailer, they're actually telling the bloodline story in mm -hmm. terms of a storyline with this trailer where they tease tension between Roman Reigns and Solo. 
at the end of the trailer, because you know eventually Solo's going to turn on Cody Rhodes, is mm-hmm. teased that Solo's going to go off on his own. And at the end of that trailer, Solo goes, I do think you're funny. And then they just ended it so that you can kind of think like, oh, what's going on here? So wild card tonight, Sol Ruka versus Indy Harwell versus Ivy Nile in the last chance qualifier match for the NXT Women's Championship ladder bout at Stand and Deliver. My money would have been on Sol Ruka, fan favorite Sol Ruka. Me too. Uh, Future GOAT. Indy Hartwell getting that opportunity. And what I might had... be her last match in NXT. Oh, really? You think so? No, I'm, I'm just saying, if she doesn't call, get called up, there's, <laughs> I mean, there's just nothing, le- like, there's nothing left for her to do here. Yeah, well, whether it's in NXT or WWE, they just got to reunite her with Dexter Loomis. Yeah. I know I keep saying this, but it's like, it's not like, I'm not even saying that's all she could do. No, it, it was like, over as hell. Like the last time yes. they even got together, it got a huge reaction. It's like one of the biggest things that they ever did in NXT. And they just split them up and both have struggled since. Yes. Indy Hartwell's is career is, is like someone trying to rent a car uh, for WrestleMania week. They just don't have a vehicle for you right now. <laughs> bars um so i think uh yeah like she's got she's got to get it on nxt we gotta reunite her with dexter loomis but i'm glad she won but for soul i mean man th- and this is the coming back to the thing with roxanne because i know people are like oh glenn you're very critical of roxanne it's just i look there's five women that could be nxt women's champion right now mm-hmm. and i'm i'm bummed at the idea of another 300 plus day title reign and there not being more opportunities yeah, and I, I do think she's doing a good job and she's a good babyface champion. And I, I don't really think she should lose it anytime soon, although I wouldn't have a problem if she did. But I, I absolutely think Sol Ruka was, was great and continues to be. She still has to get carried further along in terms of her career. But they did protect her. They had her hit the Soul Snatcher and then she was eliminated. I just didn't realize. I think it's just because how athletic she is and how light on her feet she is. I had no idea how big Sol Ruka was mm. in terms of standing in the ring with Indy Hartwell, who is a tall woman, who is a, a you know a bigger woman in terms of that. I didn't know that Sol Ruka, she, I think, towered over Indy Hartwell. I didn't know she was that big yeah. and athletic, which makes me like her even more in terms of a superstar. I'm saying when it's all said and done, Sol Ruka will be top five dead or alive in wrestling. I'm telling you. Not even, I'm not even saying top five women's wrestler. I'm saying wow. one of the greatest wrestlers we've ever seen in terms of if she is to reach her full potential and stay in WWE and go through the system and stuff like that, this is one of the best athletes I've ever seen. And she's just, they've got the soul chant. It's just there. I'm going to make uh, a very esoteric prediction, but I think that comic book fans are going to understand this. Are you, are you much of a comic book fan now? Oh, yeah. Did you read, did you read the well, Mewen books was... growing up? Yeah, X Universe? off book. Uh, not, not the Mewen books. I was more of a okay. Batman, X-Men, you know. Well, let me give you an example. This is this is where NXT is right now. This is good. I'm the first person to make this comparison. I think but this is some poignant, deep shit for people to know what I'm talking about. Call-ups haven't really been happening much to the main roster. So in the 80s, Marvel started a junior X-Men book called The New Mutants. And the idea was these were the kids at Xavier Academy. They were not X-Men, but one day they were going to graduate and become X-Men that never happened. And the problem with <laughs> NXT, but the new mutants book like is run in some iteration for like 40 years now, but they're still the new mutants. Mm-hmm. They're still not X-Men. They've never become right. X-Men. It's never happened. Sunspot, <laughs> Cannonball, Wolfsbane, like Warlock, like they never became X-Men. 
And that's what NXT is becoming. NXT is becoming the new mutants of the WWE universe where it's like, aren't we supposed to graduate and go to the main roster at some point? No, you're just developmental for life, baby. So one day, like when Roxanne is 40, they'll still be calling her the future of wrestling. Yes, it's very <laughs> weird. That's what NXT has become. And HBK is the, uh, well, Triple H was the uh, the Professor X. Professor X yeah. But HBK is like, at a certain point, Magneto took over teaching the new mutants. That's what it's kind of like with HBK running the show. <laughs> um, but that's really what it's come down to now. And it's like, you can't be in developmental forever. Yeah. And, and I don't think they're going to be there forever. And I think this class of developmental does need to stay in there longer because it's a lot more people who are legitimately new to wrestling and are developmental talents. And I think the DC equivalent would be the Teen Titans because I, even though it's the not Teen exactly Titans. the same, because they they're still the Titans. Teen Titans. They're the Teen Titans. The idea is that they grow up to be these people like they the Justice and all that League. Stuff. But yes, yes. They, they, I completely, that is a great analogy in terms of that. Yeah. Robin's, Robin's being like, Bat and Bruce, when are you going to retire? Yeah. Like you've been you've been dangling this opportunity in front of me now <laughs> for my entire life. When's this going to happen? Um, no, with the exception of Solo Sokoa, who's been really called up of the NXT 2.0 era. Yeah, but I do feel like we're going to get a surge. I do think I don't know if it's going to be this year or maybe even early next year. I do think we're going to get a lot of more people called up, whether it's Braun Breaker. I can almost guarantee you he's going to get called up. I think by the end of the year, we're going to see Carmelo called up. I think Grayson Waller has been ready. I don't think he even needs to win the title to get there. I hope they don't rush Tiffany Stratton, but I feel like a lot of people in WWE and power love her and want her on television. She's great on television as a character. But as a wrestler, even though she's a super athlete, I think she's mm. fine. I think she could develop more, but I think she's going to get rushed on TV. WWE TV has more women than they can effectively book. And what did they do? They brought back Emma and Chelsea Green. Yeah. And they're doing stuff with them too. You're right. I know. It's weird. <laughs> it's really weird right now. Uh, she Black 499 saying Undertaker's Dirty Harry was the best great Clint Eastwood movie. That's, you know what? She Black is absolutely right. That's the one I forgot about. I was thinking about the A Few Good Men, you talking to mm -hmm. me in terms of Taxi Driver. They had a great Gladiator promo with Stone Cold Steve Austin, Booker T and Eddie Guerrero doing Pulp Fiction. And The Undertaker and Dirty Harry was fire. I completely forgot about that until now. Okay, baby, I see these are fighting words, saying that Marvel's defense, Wolf's Bane didn't deserve to be an X-Man. Oh, those are like, fighting words. I disagree Wolf's with that. Wolf's Bane, completely. she's dope. Like, she could turn into a wolf. Yeah. What more do you need? She uh, with uh, Carl Fredericks. Yes. Uh, Randy Hawk is $5 saying, so NXT is basically <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to the MCU. <laughs> I mean, it feels like it on a bad week. Although Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was a good show in its own right. If you if you just gave up on watching it for the Marvel tie-in and gave into it, it was it was great. That's the thing. You shouldn't watch that, even though that's what they had it on TV for, is to be a tie-in to Marvel on its own. It was a very good show. Yeah. Especially when they just completely detached and started doing those seasons like on other no planets or in VR or whatever they had. Um, so it's going to be Zoe Stark, Gigi Dolan, Lyra Vakilra, uh, Roxanne Perez, and Tiffany Stratton joining Indy Hartwell in this match. That'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting. I don't know how great this match is going to be, but I think that they're going to have stuff planned out that's going to be exciting to watch. And I'm intrigued to see what they do with Roxanne Perez because now they've now told this narrative where she struggles with anxiety. How are they going to incorporate this into the match? This, this first match will tell you everything you need to know about how much WWE understands anxiety. Are they going to go cartoon and have yes, her freak out and run away? Have, they're going to have Zoe Stark backstage. Being 
lot of people out there wrestlemania <laughs> weekend a lot of people watching would sure be embarrassing to have a lot of people see you not do your best really weighs on the mind really does but, but i know we'll you see. got it champ and pats her on the back and then walks away i'm sure you're not gonna have a meltdown <laughs> i mean so if you want to know how seriously wwe's gonna take it i i'm gonna bet 20 dollars that probably zoe stark but maybe another competitor tries to get in her head oh it should be just it should be zoe you know it yeah. should be zoe could be tiffany stratton but uh oh, i don't yeah, think they yeah. won't ever go full heel so i mean here's what's gonna happen jc jane's gonna cost gg dolan jc jane who's been suspiciously absent with a injury is going to cost gg dolan continuing their feud apparently um, the injury is legitimate and so i think I know. That she's just gonna push her off the ladder so that's yeah you, know, you don't have to be healthy to do that and you know what i'm not putting it out there i think nikita lyons could show up and cost zoe stark oh wow not not for full return but just to kind of pop her head up and be like, hey, still here. Because they've had her on TV since. Mm-hmm. Like, she'll go out there and beat Zoe Stark with a crutch. That yeah, that's all she needs to do. a great moment. It would be a great moment to have in this. Um, Lear Vakira, uh, I don't think she's got a lot of momentum right now. Uh, but I think, it's, I think it's really going to come down to... Uh, and I think with Indy, I think Dexter is going to show up. And it's going to be like the end of Greece. They're going to just drive off into the sky. <laughs> Index together again. I really hope so because uh, he hasn't been doing much on the main roster, and it's just it, a, a, another one of those instances where if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They mm-hmm. should have never broken up index. So yeah, I think it's going to come down to Tiffany Stratton or Roxanne Perez. Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to say they should have never broken up. I should. They should have called them both up to the main roster. I think we're in an entirely different universe. Even if they called up the way, like maybe you even can do it without Austin Theory. Mm-hmm. If they called up the way to the main roster. I think we're having an. Uh, I take that back because we've seen so many stables flame out in WWE. They probably would have flamed out still. I take it back. In fact, with Johnny Gargano there, I bet you that after Indy loses and after Johnny's match, I could see them backstage. Dexter shows up and everybody just yeah. leaves together. It's like to hell with NXT. We're never coming back here. Yeah. People, uh, especially the NXT crowd, they love Index. Oh my God. Uh, Fat Matt, $2 saying Roxanne gets halfway up the ladder and has a panic attack. I mean, that's if WWE does that, that's like super shitty. That is like, that would be the shittiest twist. Like, and then the angle's supposed to be what the, like, uh, Roxanne's afraid of success. See, that's more of what I hope they don't do. And that would be the cartoon route where it's like, this company clearly doesn't understand what anxiety is. It's very subtle in terms of how it affects you. So I know you have to play up things big in WWE when all those cameras are on you, but I really hope they have a very thoughtful way of displaying the fact that she has anxiety. Yeah. Malik Black, $1.99 saying, did Alba and Isla give off Apollo Braun vibes tonight? Yes. When they were like doing S&M essentially. <laughs> but they're a tag team. They're very close to each other. Yeah, listen, Malik, you're absolutely right. I felt the same thing, especially because they had those, like, they were joined at the wrist. They had those things attaching them together. I thought this is, it was hot. Who doesn't do that with good friends? (laughs) Yeah. Alfred, you and I, WrestleMania week. You want to get those red tape and tie ourselves together, some duct tape? I'm down for it. Uh, Hank Walker versus Drew Gulak with Charlie Dempsey tonight. And Drew getting the win. I'm glad Drew's back in NXT. I don't know that I would have predicted it would have been that Drew's coming back to get wins in NXT. Yeah. He's listen, he's coming up. Hank Walker had a great spot where he had that thing that uh where he did into an arm bar. It was almost like a reverse power bomb into an arm bar. I thought that was great. Hmm. No, he's phenomenal. Um 
someone is arguing on Twitter, Haywood TM, saying that uh, Cannonball and Sunspot did become Avengers, but that was during the 50 state. And like everyone became an Avenger when they did the 50 state initiative. And yeah, this doesn't count. They didn't become X-Men. That's the point. I didn't get that deep into Avengers once they started. Yeah, but that's that. that's that's like saying they left NXT to go to AEW. Yeah. Adam Cole route, you know, from New Mutant to Avenger. Um, so the two times route. Yes, uh, Kelvin, $5 saying Soul should have won. She was heavily featured in that triple threat match tonight. I, yeah, this good. is the problem. But here's the problem. You can't... It's tough to have people keep seeing Soul or keep getting behind Gigi, and it's just... They, they have to come up with, like, never-ending storylines that don't involve a championship, which is challenging. Yeah. It is challenging, but that's what they have to do because there's only one championship in the women's division in terms of a singles champion. So those a North American championship. We could have something like that. Absolutely. That's I like the idea of a Raw and SmackDown women's championship because it's kind of like WWE and Intercontinental mm-hmm. titles. And they should add a second singles women's championship. But they can still book these women without having them chase a title. I agree. And they've been good at that with these storylines. I have to say NXT is the best promotion for providing women's storylines that have meaning without a championship. It was the template to what WWE is doing. That women's revolution they talk about started in NXT. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's funny the narrative they tell in terms of how this women's revolution came about. It was NXT. Like, NXT yeah. is the reason WWE has a thriving women's division. Also, Trish and Lita, you got to shout out the GOATs and stuff like that. They built the narrative in terms of women being able to wrestle. But in mm-hmm. terms of Vince McMahon thinking that women could headline and draw and be booked like the men, it was NXT. Yeah, absolutely. Randy Hawkins, $2 saying, I just want index back together. Don't we all? Yeah, 100%. Um, they, should, they can always, here's the thing about index. That ship will never sail. They they can always have Dexter, because remember they had that segment where Dexter was hired back at the beginning of the Triple H era. All he did was crawl back into the ring. They didn't tease it. They didn't do anything. He just crawled into the ring. People went crazy for it. Yeah. And they got married yeah. on one of the best episodes of NXT ever. Oh, I might say the okay. I don't know about the best episodes because whole episode one of the best segments. One of the best segments. I would say that it's up there, top three as the best segment in history. It's just it's crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy. Um, so Brooks and Dunn took on Tony D'Angelo and Stacks. If they won, they were going to be added to the tag team championship match at Stand and Deliver. And you might be thinking, oh, that seems kind of obvious, but no. Yeah. Tony D and Stax are not losing on NXT television because they're going to be our new tag team champions. It remains a triple threat. Take that, Brooks and Dunn. I love when WWE does stuff like this where they say, okay, you'll be added to the match if you win because we're so conditioned to thinking they're going to win. But when they don't, it's it's even better. I know. It's uh, why it was kind of amazing tonight that Axiom won. Given yeah. that like Axiom wanted in the match. So we won the Battle Royal and got in the match. Yeah. And then, so we saw this happen. So it makes it seem less fake. Like, oh, yeah. just because he's added to the match, he's going to win the match. So they did a good job. The GOAT got a win. And I'm I'm done trying to predict what they're doing with Keanu James and Fallon Henley. Enough already I'm just intrigued. This. And I'm on team Keanu James. Fallon Henley, I don't care if they even... I know Keanu's eventually going to turn. Fallon Henley has sure. been so unlikable throughout this storyline. It's really weird how... This storyline has gone on for the better part of my 40s. Like, this has been going on for years. Uh, this has been going on longer than COVID, uh, longer than uh, the Biden administration, longer than the new millennium. This has been going on forever, this storyline. And why don't they just blurt it out and say or tell something? But instead, it's like, I need to tell you. And then, oh, but I'm going to tell you this other thing. But tonight, Kiana was like, well, I have something for you. And then just kissed him. And just just enough already. Like, 
they're going to drop the titles at Stand and Deliver. They'll have a singles feud after this. Yeah. Isle Dawn and Alba Fire are going to be incredible based on the vignettes tonight. They're going to be incredible as tag team champs. Yeah, and I will say that the fat man has comment about, you know, he popped big for Briggs getting that kiss. And yeah. I kind of did too. I will say, because to your point about them doing this angle for the better part of your 40s in terms of uh, Briggs being a virgin, they've told yeah. this story for what, this kiss. I think like over a year now. So this Alfred. is a big payoff. Alfred, what's the longest you've ever dated a woman without having a, without kissing her? Um, like a week. <laughs> Wait, we're going a week without a kiss? I mean, normally... <laughs> That typically happens on a first date, like just yeah, kissing. Sure. And they they yeah. weren't. This was like on a scale of one to ten. This was like a five. Yeah, uh, and I will say it was not the reaction I expected, given how much they built up this guy as a virgin who's never had a kiss. He finally gets the kiss, and there was a reaction, but it was not the. And maybe we've been spoiled with whether it's a Dominic Mysterio reaction, the Jay Uso reaction, and all these big reactions. Sami Zayn hitting Roman Reigns with the chair got a big reaction. It was not, not that I expected it to be on that level, but it was kind of tepid in terms of this guy's finally getting kissed. And he's been telling you every week he's a virgin for about a couple of years now. And I did not feel like it was that big reaction. They should have ended it and have him take that tag team belt and strategically place it over his crotch and back slowly out of the <laughs> That would be another uh, Shawn Michaels staple that they did because he did do that on a cover of WWF yes. magazine. Um. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but will Grayson Waller accept Johnny Gargano's challenge for an unsanctioned match to stand and deliver? I sure hope so. Um, they had a contract again, DocuSign people, you could have avoided all this. <laughs> so, uh, they were talking trash, getting into it. Uh, Gargano attacked Waller, and uh, yeah, yeah, this will be a good match, but this is like this was a little insulting to my intelligence. Why is it? Well, did you expect Gargano to be a cameraman who was going to reveal himself, which is a trick that they've done several times? Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying this idea of, oh, we're going to have a contract signing. Where is he? Uh oh, he's behind you. It's going to be a good match, but like this peaked with Grayson rolling up to Johnny's house. Oh, it definitely did. And this is just something that it's one of those things that WWE has in their back pocket that whole, he's really a cameraman. We've seen it before. Uh, I thought Grayson Waller was fine. He got a lot yeah. of heat. Fans. You know, hate him in a good way in terms of they want to hate Grayson Waller. So I thought it was good. They keep talking about Vic Joseph and Johnny Gargano's relationship. So I feel like Vic Joseph might be incorporated into okay. this match somehow. Because John uh, Grayson Waller pulled up on Vic Joseph and talked about how, I want you to see what I do to Johnny Gargano. So I feel like at some point in the match, or I felt like building up to the storyline that J Grayson Waller was going to attack Vic Joseph and like really add heat. But I think Vic's going to be involved in this feud. Is uh, Champa healed up? That's a great question. I completely forgot about Champa, and that might be the way to go in terms of on the main roster. I know Johnny Gargano hasn't quite been what he is in NXT on the main roster, and him and Champa as DIY mm -hmm. could be really fun, especially with the tag title. Oh my God, DIY versus KO and Sami Zayn. Oh God, yes. You know what? That's a Raw Mania match with the yeah. return of Ciampa and they don't have to win the match. You can just have them go in there. And if you don't got the revival, if you don't get FTR back in WWE, which, you know, they, they pretty have to good. Lose DIY that would be pretty good. I can I see that. It. I could see, uh, if, if, uh, Gargano's injured, I could see Ciampa coming out to rescue him. Basically. I'd love, I don't know. I'd love an open challenge with Sammy and Kevin and you do yeah. DIY answering it. I think it, huge. It, 
the the risk you take with that is if they do do an open challenge, I think a lot of people would expect the re- revival and maybe would be disappointed if they got DIY, but I certainly wouldn't be. Yeah. Um, and we saw tonight setting up uh, Carmelo versus Braun. With yeah, they, tonight. they've done no physicality. This is something that I feel like Triple H and Shawn Michaels strictly believe. It's a very old school principle in that you don't give away any physicality between your top matches on TV until the actual pay-per-view. Then you give away the physicality. You know what the so problem is, though? This is going to be the second Mania weekend in a row that Braun is in that slot for people yeah. wanting to get a head start on their way to WrestleMania. <laughs> Yeah, in the early standard deliver. I mean, if you have standard deliver at 10 a.m., that's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be a great match, but I think it's going to play to 80% of audience. Yes, uh, pretty deadly. Really, hopefully, and I hope they did get this over because they did this a lot, and they've been doing this a lot. The stand and deliver. I think that's going to get over with the live crowd. It's, I think people are going to be saying that. So I was going back and listening to Adam Mansong's stand and deliver, and it's similar yet different enough. It has to be an homage to that. It's yeah. so it's so close. It's not exact, but it's close. I can see it. Uh, I would play it on here, but I don't want to get copyright strike. Um, Fat Matt, two dollars asking for a stand and deliver official predictions. I mean, I think, I think we made them right, uh, but we can recap. No, I don't think we went one by one and chose. Think one by one, but matches. I think we've 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 been talking about the matches. I mean, yeah. I think, I think you can guess. But let's try, let's let's run it down. Let's let's do it for reals for reals. Okay, I have the card up. We can just go one by I've one. I've got it here too. Okay, go ahead. No, well, Garg- I was wondering, do you think I could see Gargano versus Grayson Waller closing this if they don't want Braun to get people leaving? And the tease of a Chompa return will keep... That's a tough call. Do you think more people... Do you think Gargano is more of a draw? I mean, this closed... This, actually, dude, Gargano versus Waller has been a show closer. I do think that might be a hotter match in NXT than your champion versus Carmelo. Yeah, and are they doing an unsanctioned match with Okay, so if you yeah. believe the AEW way of thinking the way they do it is that they don't necessarily consider it quote unquote headlining, but unsanctioned matches can close the show because mm. it's a match that doesn't count. We got we got the venue, the crews yeah. here, the cameras are on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just locked up on your way out. Um, I can see that closing the show because it's an unsanctioned match. So it's not necessarily in the WWE speak, a headliner, but it's just a match that goes on last because it's unsanctioned. Okay, well, my prediction is that Gargano loses, Grayson Waller wins, but Ciampa comes out, and we get the reunion with Ciampa and Gargano. Wow, that'd be that'd be a good way to send people home fired up. I like it. I think Grayson Waller absolutely wins. He has to. Has to win. Unless Gargano's coming back to be the new GM of uh, NXT. He could do no, that anyhow. No, no, no. You can't do that with Gargano. You got to have him be a wrestler, man. Like, he's got to, whether it's NXT, and I think he's just maybe a better fit in NXT or WWE because they've been trying to do stuff with him in WWE. He's just too great of a wrestler and still in his prime to just be relegated okay. to that. Well, uh, Braun Breaker versus Carmelo Hayes for the NXT championship. Melo's got to win. And I absolutely love the segment they did with Melo where they had him. He was like, man, I partied all night. I was yeah. out until three in the morning, and then they asked me to go to the after party. I was like, nah, I can't go to the after party. I got to say, he's getting ready. He's focused because he doesn't want to go to the after party. That was hilarious. He got to draw a line somewhere. <laughs> uh, what do you think he's drinking at the club? Because he's got to oh, watch his dog. calories. He's got to watch the calories, man. Oh, you know? okay. So vodka soda or something like that? And yeah, make a little ultra. Like, I don't know, you know, something low carbonate. 
What? Is there yeah. a dog? Liliac. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Roxanne Perez versus Zoe Stark versus Gigi Dolan versus Tiffany Stratton versus Lyra Valkyra versus Indy Hartwell for the NXT Women's Championship. Yes, and they're going to have a ladder involved, and I expect Roxanne Perez to retain. Yeah, I want it. I want it to be Tiffany Stratton. I think I'm. I think it's going to be Roxanne. Yeah. You don't go through this whole rigmarole they've just gone through with the storyline to not have her win, and we called that the second they said she was out and it was a ladder match. It was like, oh, Roxanne's going to come back and triumph. Right. Yeah, and I, I don't think they do all this stuff for her to come back and lose. Yeah. Um, Fallon and Kiana versus Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. I mean, Alban Isla. I mean, yeah. and I think they're going to be great tag team champions. And I think that they're building something with those two. And I'm very excited. This is honest to God, one of the matches that have convinced me to potentially go to stand and deliver. Cause I want to see how this pays off. This is like seven matches. And like, I've got a, a dog in the fight on every one of these, like every one of these, I've got somebody who I want to see win. Yeah. Like I think Alban Isla win. Uh, and that's and that's rare for one of these matches. Normally, there's a couple where I'm like, eh, I'm not that invested. I'm invested in all of these matches. Um, Wesley versus Dragon Lee versus JD McDonough versus Dragonoff versus Axiom. Uh, Dragon Lee, obviously. A dragon yeah, is going to win this match. Orly. Dragon Orly or someone in a mask. Mm-hmm. Sorry, JD. <laughs> yeah, he will not be winning this match. Um, this could be a great match. This might be the match of the the show, and that's saying something because this is going to be an awesome show. This yeah. might be the best match in the show. I f- I do feel like they should should have switched it up. This should have been the ladder match, just given the mm. people involved. Yeah, I thought it was a ladder match. Me too, but I do feel like Roxanne, Zoe, Gigi, Tiffany, Lyra, and Indy could have been like a six pack challenge. And this should have been the ladder match because Wesley, Dragon Lee, JD, Ila, Isla, and Axiom in a ladder involved. Oh, that would have been. Could you fire. imagine Soul Ruka doing the Soul Snatcher off the ladder, though, in that oh NXT God. ladder match? We're going to get it. I cannot wait till Soul gets called up and she gets to be in the Royal Rumble because I think she's going to take the Kofi torch to a next level. Yeah, which is great. Uh, Gallus versus Creed versus the D'Angelo family. For the NXT Tag Team Championship. It's time, man. It's time for the Don to get what's due to him. The D'Angelo family is going to win this match. Day one. Day one, yeah. we called it. When Tony D'Angelo debuted. We did. We put him over. We have not been down since day one-ish. We've been down since day one. Day one. Tony's got to win. And then, Chase you, sorry, Schism's taking over that university. Yeah, that'll be interesting. We'll see what they do to it. Ava's going to get the pin, but we'll probably get a good one-on-one feud between Thea and Ava. If Ava pins Thea. That'll be fun. Yes, I definitely have um, schism taking over Chase U, and maybe we get an appearance by The Rock. You know who knows? But the Rock has to be there. <laughs> I don't know about Stan Lever. Maybe he'll be there backstage or whatnot. But I don't know if. Uh... Here's the thing: if The Rock is in LA, even if he's just supporting his daughter, and you want him on TV, you don't do it on NXT. And uh, with all due respect to NXT, like I don't know, maybe they, they'll surprise me. But I think that no, he should sneak in wearing a wig and glasses. And no one will know it's him. Especially because Ava Rain's character is not conducive to being The Rock's daughter. It's not like she's doing The Rock. She's the opposite of The I, she did. I know we had a comment about her saying jabroni, but she's not playing The Rock's daughter. She's playing this goth. Why, where would The Rock figure into this? The Rock is not of the gothic vibe. I mean, Black Adam is. 
Okay, well, yeah, and he's having problems with James Gunn. Maybe he uh, shows up as Black Adam. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be a fun night. I think it's going to be an excellent show. I'm looking forward to Mania, but I'm looking forward to every match on the Stand and Deliver card. Yeah, it should be good. I'm looking forward to just about every match in Mania, even Brock Lesnar versus Omos. I'm rooting for that match, uh, but I, I do think that it's going to be a spectacle live. I think it's going to be better than people think. There you have it, folks. Follow Alfred at This Is Nasty. I'm Acklin Rubenstein and uh, WrestleMania week. Have a good one. Hell yeah. Tomorrow night, AEW. Then we're back here Friday. Take care.